What would you say you do here? There's not a single job in this town. There's nothing, nada, zip. Yeah, unless you want to work 40 hours a week. What if this is as good as it gets? You want answers? My job is to make sure that you do your job pretty much in your face. I want the truth! Looks like you've been missing a lot of work lately. You can't handle the truth! This is going to be a great day. This is going to be a great day. Good morning and welcome to In Business with Mike Whitaker. Mike, you've got an exciting topic. This uh, we have a great topic. Good morning, everyone. We're, today we're talking about how professional women gracefully navigate business and entrepreneurism while keeping their identity in what has traditionally been a man's world. So, Gary, it's going to be a great show. We've got a couple great guests. Great guests. Uh, dear friend of ours, Mary Malone, who is president and publisher of the Journal Record Publishing Company. And also Nola Miyasaki. She is the chair and coordinating director of the Riata Center for Entrepreneurship at Oklahoma State University. And we're excited today about this topic because women are the largest growth population for new entrepreneurial startups. And there's a lot of potential now in this current economy for women to take the reins and do something for themselves, as well as we're going to talk in general about the challenges women have in business. And we've got some very talented ladies here, and, and uh, you know we're very excited to have you. Some of my favorite peers are women entrepreneurs, and, and I talked to them recently, uh, more recently especially when they're doing startups and it's a little tougher right now. Um, I do find, but I'm not going to lead the, the question too much, that they do face some different challenges that I have as an entrepreneur, but I think they're, they're very excited to talk to because we get to compare notes and I enjoyed uh, their take on things. It's never quite quite my take. So we're going to jump into this uh, topic. Uh, you know, women and successful in business and in entrepreneurism events, you know, what advice, Mary, start with you, would you give a young woman about starting her own business that you might not give a man? Well, I think first of all, you have got to find your passion. And that may be something you say to a man also, but I think it may be a little bit different for a woman. The perspective is going to be a little bit different. You've got to find your passion. You've got to work harder. You've got to train more. You've got to prove yourself in a way that men really don't have to do. So you better love it, first of all. You know, men tend to see business as a competitive game, don't they? I mean, in terms of with winners and losers. And do you think women see it that way, too? What do you yes, think? I think they do. You I do? think I think women can be incredibly competitive. It may have a little softer spin to it, mm-hmm. and women manage and lead people in a different way, in a in a more consensus building way. I, this is proven mm-hmm. through studies, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean they're not competitive, and it doesn't mean that women who succeed don't need to have a drive. Nola, do you think that women see that? competitive nature of business the same way as men or do you think they have a different take on it i think it's quite different actually and i think women start businesses for different reasons than men do and i think their objectives and long-term goals can often be different i mean obviously there are is a segment of women business owners who whose goals you know may parallel a, a lot of men but basically i do think that there are some areas of business that women specifically don't like a lot of women don't like sales and say, but they're great at sales, and that's something that they often talk about. That's why you see a lot of women's workshops on sales because that's an area that they m- like to work on sales and marketing. But they, I, I do think that um, it's slightly different for women, and 
I do think it's changed over the years, though. I mean, there's a, the, with the younger generation, I think their attitude and their take on things are much different than, say, 20 or 30 years ago, women starting businesses back then. You know, I'm glad you mentioned sales. Uh, I want to remind the men in the audience that, uh, hey, you, you need to listen to this because you're competing and you're working with talented women all the time. And the more you know about their their tendencies and the more you know about uh, what they're looking to accomplish, uh, the better off you're going to be. And in the sales question, uh, well, Nola, we'll start with you. Uh, if I'm selling to a female executive, if I were in sales, you know, what adjustments would I would you recommend that I make in my pitch, if any, selling to a female versus a male? Well, I'll sort of go back to my comment about women in sales. Um, women are really relationship driven. We value relationships overall, and that's I think just a generality and, and and not to be not to meant to be a sexist comment but I do think women value consensus building and relationships and so I think that approach works for them and I also think that's why women are very very good at sales but they they have this a, a lot of women do have this negative image about the word sales in terms of being sold Sold of, or selling right? to Mary, other Mary, what do you think? Yeah. Well, since I started my career in sales, I have a little bit different take. I think, um, yes, it's about relationship building. But again, I don't think that's any different for men who are successful at sales. You really have to read your customer, and, if, and it's about filling your mm-hmm. customer's needs. If you're doing that, then you are building a relationship. But go, going back to the, the competitive question, there's nothing wrong with competitive women and I think women have have get the stigma of of being a you know what rhymes with which right right um, if right. they're strong and that's boy if I can live my life having made some attempt at changing that I will have succeeded well, yeah, because yeah. I don't I I don't think you can confuse kindness with weakness and I don't think you can confuse strength with you know what? Absolutely. Strong-willed people are how things get done. No, exactly yes. right. and, and I agree with Mary. I think one of the biggest impediments for women, um, not only in business but starting businesses, is our stereotypes that um, they have to overcome in the business and in the marketplace. Well, that's great. You actually jumped my, one of my questions. Let's jump into I, I wanted to ask you, does a woman win today by playing the dominance game? If she, and how does she benefit if she plays it? Because that game exists. And it's what you're referring to. It's being a certain way. Does she win by making that the prominent way she carries herself in business? Well, I don't know if I, I, I would say that assertiveness is an essential piece of being successful in business in the corporate world and as a business owner. And you, I don't think anybody's going to be successful without being able to be assertive and it, it, being able to use that tool and that part of one's personality when when you call on it it doesn't i don't know that it has to be the dominant piece of your portfolio if your toolkit or you know but i do think it's real important to be able to be assertive mary, mary what do you think in the corporate world too uh, what do you think about dominance and, and then the game women are well again dominant dominance kind of has a, a bad name when it's related to women it's a male term actually i think it's a male perspective that, males that look alpha, to dominate. absolutely absolutely um, it's and what you're competing with, so I figure it's out there, right? Certainly, certainly. But really what you have to do is be yourself. But if you're going to be a successful business owner, man or woman, you need to be yourself and you need to be assertive and go after what you want. You can do that in lots of different ways. Yeah, I see successful people, if you keep the eye and the focus upon the objective and not the ego, 
you tend to get farther. Absolutely. Have sell people. Mm-hmm. Great, great point. Okay, next question. You know, as a male, if I report to a female executive, in a, she's an entrepreneur or she's just in a, in a corporate role, um, what would I learn about executive gender differences if I reported to a female as a male? Nolan? Hmm. Well, I think that um, I'll, I'll go back to my um, answer earlier. I think women tend to be consensus builders and relationship driven, but they still, when they own a company or when they're they're in a leadership position, they still have to be able to make decisions and and lead. And so, I think for a man reporting to a woman, I don't I don't know that it's. I I, I think the the priorities may be different for women and men in terms of the management style, but I think the objectives and the outcomes are going to be pretty pretty similar. Uh, I don't know if that really answers. Well, your the question, priorities. I think that's a good point. The priorities. Uh, I mean, maybe men expect to be managed a certain way, and maybe they learn a different way when managed by a woman. But I just wonder, Mary, what do you think about what a man might learn by that? Well, at the end of the day, as a business owner or a business leader, it's about results. But at the same time, it's also about the team, and and I think women have a bit different perspective on that. I certainly at the journal record I have on, on my leadership team about it's about half and half women and men. And and what I attempt to do is is lead and manage to the person, to the individual. Um, I, I'm not sure that men do that as as often or as um, as specifically as as women do, but it, it's really about the person, the individual. Okay. And can I add one more sure. thing too? I think for me, um, when I've worked with people, when I've managed other men or um, of the uh, actually either gender, you know, communication is real important. And sometimes communication styles between men and women differ. And I think women like to have lots of communication and and ongoing, at least from my my perspective. If you've just uh, tuned in, you're listening to In Business with Mike Whitaker. Our topic this week is successful businesswomen and entrepreneurism. Our guest is Mary Malone, president and publisher of the Journal Record, and Nola Miyasaki, and she is director of the Riata Center for Entrepreneurship. So we're following through on another question, you know, and we'll start with Mary this time. When you put the phone down at the end of the day and you venture away from work and you pause, are you the same person that people at work expect you to be when you're not there? Yes. You know, I think certainly my family would say that I need about 15 minutes when I get home to kind of come <laughs> yeah, down off do. of that right, right. that high-pressure day that I've just had. But I am, I've got a daughter who is, is almost 20 years old. She's a junior in college, and she has seen me be the same person, the same mom, the same business leader her whole life. And, and I feel like that's been really important for me to be a role model for her as someone who is true to themselves. And um, so, so no, when I'm out in the community, when I'm at home, I'm, I'm me. And, and I, I have certain principles and values that drive me that have always driven me. Okay. And that's who I am. All right. So no surprise to your family. You know, no Jekyll and Hyde when you get home. No uh, surprise. I occasionally need some decompression. But um, <laughs> beyond that, it's me. We all do. But what <laughs> you're saying is your personality between the, between the two Lifestyles, your business world and your family world, it's the same Mary, it's just two different mindsets. It's the same Mary. And, you know, something my daughter said years and years ago when she was in elementary school and I, and I was the homeroom mom, even though I was driving 
crazy from downtown trying to get to her lunches. She would say to her friends, my mom isn't like other moms. <laughs> you know, you're not. <laughs> you know, uh, again, listeners, we're, li- we're talking about professional women and how they gracefully navigate business and entrepreneurism while keeping their identity intact in a traditionally a man's world. And entrepreneurism being so important, we're going to talk about even further uh, the conflicts that they run into and challenges. And uh, for men, listen up. You need to understand this topic better. Oh, this is a great topic for men because I think they're going to learn more from a woman's perspective uh, about the, how women deal with issues in the business world. So uh, if you stay right here, we have a lot of stuff to talk about in the next uh, couple of Come, segments. The here. next question we're going to hit is the, you know, the qualities that women have that tend to get businesses through the toughest challenges. Coming up. I want to remind you that, uh, by the way, you can also visit MikeWhitaker.com for features, video segments to challenge you, radio show archives, past radio shows, and so forth. We're going to take a break. Back in 60 seconds. I'm Buzz Aldrin, and over the years, I've learned that in space or on the ground, there is no substitute for experience. If you're a small business owner just getting started or trying to grow, contact SCORE, America's volunteer counselors to small business. They can help you in every aspect of your business, and it's free. Contact a SCORE counselor. Call 800-634-0245 or visit SCORE.org. If your company event, sales team, or management team could use a shot on the arm with a strategic message or solution, Mike Whitaker is available as a speaker or advisor on topics of confidence, getting control, increasing sales, and business strategy. For details on how you can get Mike Whitaker to be a speaker or advisor for your organization, call 877-843-4110. That's 877-V-4110 for details. Or visit MikeWhitaker.com. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of In Business with Mike Whitaker. I'm Gary Owen, and we are talking this week about successful businesswomen and entrepreneurism. Our guests are Mary Malone. She is the president and publisher of the Journal Record. And Nola Miyasaki. She is the chair and director of the Riata Center for Entrepreneurship at uh, Oklahoma State University. We're talking about success and how hard that is and sometimes uh, things we overcome and things we need to know, men, women, in business. And I wanted to highlight a couple of things. I did a little research this week. You know, there's some very successful women out there and some very good brands we all know. Uh, Mary Kay Ash, Oprah Winfrey, Coco Chanel, Coco Chanel, Estee Lauder, Tyra Banks, Stella McCartney, and Gina Bianchini, which is the CEO of Ning, a new social network uh, platform. Um, you know, those just come to mind. And uh, when we see them, uh, you know, it's like, ah, they've always seems like they've always been there, but that was a lot of work. So, uh, you know, Mary, why don't you, what do you come, what comes to mind for you in successful businesswomen? Well, he, just right here in Oklahoma, we have some incredible stories. Uh, how about Rita Aragon, major general retired? Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen very often. No. And she, that woman is about five feet tall and <laughs> full of energy. She could take on any of you right now. Um, Carrie Watkins, who runs the Oklahoma City National Memorial, Meg Salyer, who is a president of Excel Financial Staffing, also a city councilwoman in Oklahoma City. The list goes on and on, and the, the women I've just mentioned are, have all been uh, women of the year in the Journal Records Women of the Year program. We'll talk about that. What do you have coming up on that event? We just happen to be having our 29th Annual Women of the Year event on October 1st, and this is this is our opportunity to recognize and honor 
women who are making a difference throughout Oklahoma. And we've, we honor 50 fantastic women each year across the state. This year we have Colleen Payne Neighbors who, who owns and operates um, MCI Diagnostic Center. This woman started her business in Tulsa, Oklahoma with just a couple of people and a shoestring budget. She got a big, big gigantic truck that she drove throughout Oklahoma because she saw a need for diagnostic imaging in rural Oklahoma. So she developed a business around it. It's now a a multi-million dollar business. Mm. Uh, Another example, a, a woman that we're honoring this year is Catherine Hibbs, who is CEO of Deaconess Hospital. You don't see that very often, a chief executive of a, a hospital um, the size of Deaconess. So the event is October 1st. We'll be honoring our this year's group of 50 making a difference, and uh, it's, it's really a special, special event. Well, that's very good, and we're very proud to feature that, and thank you for bringing that uh, to Oklahoma. Journal Record, that's great. And you do a lot more ways to recognize those business people I know, and not just women, men and women, and, and innovations, too. Well, let's go to our question. We left the break, and it's a very important question. The toughest times, especially now in business, we've had other topics. We've talked about some of the things we're having to do uh, to get businesses through some very tough spots. We've got all kinds of economic issues with business. And what do you think a woman brings to, with, as a woman, to, as a leader, uh, to a business that helps them get through the toughest times in business? No, why don't we take that one first? Well, I think for women, and particularly women entrepreneurs, um, women tend to be very um, creative. I think they're very good problem solvers, and I think they have a lot, a high level of tolerance and patience for, um, they can go with the flow, in other words. I mean, I, and I think these are sort of turbulent, un, you know, um, unpredictable times, and I think that women can handle a, a lot of those, you know, ups and downs of a business pretty well. How about you, Mary? You know, I would, I'd concur with what Nola said. I think I've certainly spent a lot of my time in the last year um, really kind of helping people off the ledge. Not literally, but... Oh, maybe. But there are people... <laughs> people are uneasy. Right. Our, my staff has been uneasy at times, and certainly our clients have been uneasy. And so, really, it is a time to to step back and and try to be a... a psychologist a bit mm-hmm. to realize everybody is is suffering and everybody is worried and we got to stick together be creative try to try things differently but understand Absolutely. that there's that stress going on that underlies everything well let me turn the table then on that question uh, it occurs to me to ask you okay on the other hand and in, in these times what tendencies or what traits do women lack you maybe uniquely versus men when times are tough anything come to mind that, that, that listeners and women should think, okay, that's something I maybe I need to work on. Anything at all come to mind? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think the one thing that we have to be careful of is to not say, oh, this is okay. We just have to duck our heads until this no, goes no. away because there is business out there. Oh, absolutely. It, it just, it's just a, you retrench and you. Uh, this is the new normal, I think, for a exactly. while. So, but what? All right. What would be the challenges a woman might face in the toughest times? that maybe men find a little easier or just maybe they have harder noggins or what would be the anything a woman might uh, have to step up and make herself do that she doesn't naturally want to do in as a leader in business i don't know that there would be i don't think i can answer that okay that's all right 
That's right. I think I, I do believe the give and take. I mean, you have a good a good a good communicator and a good nurturer and a good a good uh, consensus builder that works in some arenas. But usually, there's something they give away or something they they're, they're not on the other end. It's like uh, it's like um, in a, sleep in a, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well <clears throat> Mike, I'll go back to the what I said earlier. If someone doesn't like sales and it's a weakness in general, then you know, in in these kinds of times. There's nothing more important than marketing and sales. So, um, you know, if that's a weakness, that's something that we have to sort of work on. I have a question for both of you because this kind of falls into what we're talking about is the, the, when you compare men and women in business, and particularly business leaders, when it comes to risk-taking, uh, when we talk about economic hard, hardships and, and watching budgets and so forth, are you pretty much on the same platter, or do you think men are more than women risk, higher risk-takers? How about that? I, I would say, in general, speaking very generally, men are probably more at ease taking risks than women. Um, but but I but I see that changing with the with women business owners growing in number. Mm-hmm. They are they are figuring out that they've. It's all about taking risks. It's all about making mistakes. You're, you've got to try things. You've got to do something. Well, there's no question. Successful people, mm-hmm. whether the men or women, obviously big risk takers mm-hmm. to have a successful business. But I didn't know emotionally. Well, it's true. I'll, I will speak for the males and say <laughs> that I am perfectly willing to fly by the seat of my pants and make the mistakes <laughs> and, and then not acknowledge them later. <laughs> How about this? Maybe that's the difference. Yeah, may, hey, hey, ignorance. <laughs> Nola, you were going to say something on that. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say that in both groups, male and female, um, you have a broad diversity uh, in people that are risk averse and have a greater, you know, um, are able to take greater risks. But I think as women become more knowledgeable, they are more willing to step out and take educated risks. So I think that is changing, as Mary said, and, and you're, you're going to see more women. Uh, growing bigger businesses and taking more leadership roles, at, you know, as they sort of grow in numbers. So, listening to this, I'm I'm going to ask you now: What is the nu- if you had to pick one word? What is the number one trait you think that's a marker of successful business women? If you had to pick one word as the first thing you'd say, Mary? Leadership. Okay, Nola. I have a question for Mary. What does that mean? <laughs> that, that was it. Just popped in my head. I How think do you define that. Leadership? It's it's all encompassing. It is about stepping out there and not being afraid and giving it all you've got and and having that drive and passion to succeed and help others succeed as well. That's good. I'll tell you why I'm asking that is because part of our mission with this show is to explain to people, yes, we support people going into business for themselves. We support people taking a leap. But you need to know what's required to be successful. I do not want people going out without the proper expectations of what's required. And you're telling the listeners that leadership is required. And I, and I fully agree with you. But if someone is not used to exercising leadership, then how can they be successful in business? You can, you can train yourself to be ready for business whenever you're choosing to go out and start your own thing. It doesn't maybe tomorrow, but you know what's required, right? Any comments on that, Nolan? Um well, I'll, just going back to the question, I think I think one of the most important things um, is a drive and a and a drive for excellence and success, and that will help w- w- women anyone overcome any kind of obstacles. Well, that's ex- all right. Very good. Well, listen, we're talking about women and successful business and entrepreneurial efforts, and today uh, we've got uh, two very good guests, and we're going to be back with the question, the big question, which is we're going to ask our guests what women need. To be able to become entrepreneurs, what is the one thing that 
if we could pick one piece of advice to become entrepreneurial, what is that hurdle? And we'll be back with that. You're listening to In Business with Mike Whitaker. Our guests, Mary Malone from the General Record Publishing Company, and Nola Miyasaki, and she is director of the Riata Center for Entrepreneurship at OSU. We're going to take a little break. We'll come back here in a, just a couple of minutes with more on In Business with Mike Whitaker. This program is good medicine for the business mind. To get in the habit, be a part of our listener program. Listen each week for 10 weeks for the business keyword during the show. And email all 10 keywords you've been keeping up with the past shows. You'll know Mike has a keyword. And you can email to book at mikewhitaker.com. You have a chance to receive a first edition copy of Mike's new book, Entrepreneur Prison. And you or your business will be featured for your expertise on a future show. And Mike, what is this This week's week's word? This week's word is style. So remember that, listeners, style. style. Okay. And we were talking at the break about the thing women need most to become an entrepreneur. And to become an entrepreneur, we've talked about such an exciting time. As, as Nola was mentioning, there's, some, you know, there's more businesses intended to be started this year with the, tent, the certainly unemployment rate rising and, and certainly the change in the economic landscape. The new opportunities are just as exciting, and they don't get near enough press. And uh, women are... Women are out there, and they see these things they can do and businesses they can start. What is the one thing, ladies, they need uh, more than anything else to give them a little bit of a boost? What do you think that one thing is to get started? Well, I think it always helps to have a little money to get started. But other than that, if you have a great idea and you can get help shaping your idea and developing a plan, um, you know, obviously now, Mike, can I talk about one of my great programs coming up? Absolutely, okay. please do. Well, that um, was the lead into the Cowboy well, uh, Boot Camp. You yes. bet. Yes. Well, um, the Rihanna Center for Entrepreneurship um, just launched this past summer, and we run, besides having a full academic program in entrepreneurship at OSU, uh, we run a portfolio of programs for entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs in the community. And our first program is going to be at OSU Tulsa every Saturday morning for six weeks, um, starting October 10th. And it's... Um, and it's going to be um, covering all the f- fabulous modules that you need to know, all the nuts and bolts that you need to know to run your business. And it's really for early-stage businesses and people that have an idea, taught by our nationally um, recognized faculty at OSU in entrepreneurship. So we encourage everybody to come. And you can go to our website, entrepreneurship.okstate.edu slash bootcamp. What's the cost of that? The cost of that is $650 for mm-hmm. six-week um, sessions. And we offer scholarships for those of you that need help. So just um, give us a call and contact us. And so, so $650 to not make all the mistakes I made in the first <laughs> business I started. That sounds like a bargain. I know a lot of those professors, too, and you're not getting just a run-of-the-mill book from a book. You're getting real-world experience, and uh, that's great. I appreciate that you guys do and, that. And we're going to have lots of guest entrepreneurs. One of them will be Mike Winter for people that can give – um, success stories and tips for trying to avoid mistakes. So. You said Mike's going to be a guest? He is. Okay, well, then, hey. Well, that's got to be a great program, <laughs> don't you think? Now, Mary, how about you? What do you think the one thing women need to get over, any a boost to get started in their own business, if you could think about? Well, we've I've, we've mentioned this already, but I think it's drive. It's that mm-hmm. that will to push and and weather any storm, and, you, and that – is that born behavior or is that learned behavior? You know, there are a lot, there are a lot of 
it may be necessi- necessary behavior. It may these be days, necessary right? behavior. I mean, behavior, it's quite but, a motivator. But you, yeah, you you have to want it, and you have to be willing. <laughs> and don't to, let the speed bumps be intimidating to you. Absolutely. Keep moving forward. Those are how you learn from your. It's that persistence, mistakes. persistence, persistence. And speaking of uh, resources, we should you know we really support in this program startups and and, and entrepreneurial exploits of people. And other than the cowboy boot camp that we just mentioned, don't forget that the resource we have available uh, at the uh, okstartup.com for the Oklahoma Department of Commerce, and we have uh, the Tulsa Collaboratorium in Tulsa. That's Tulsa Collab, C-O-L-L-A-B.com, and of course, I2E.org. Those three, start to finish, can help any startup uh, in addition to uh, the university resources. Uh, Let's talk about a controversial subject. It's been in the past about that that glass ceiling we've talked about. A new study came out by University of Mexico, uh, Associate Professor Scott Taylor. An entire study he did, he said, female managers are more than three times as likely as their male counterparts to underrate their own performance when being evaluated. Mm. Ladies, do you believe this for the workplace, this is real? And, and how do you think it translates into women starting and leading their own business? Does it make them hesitate? Well, I think women do tend to be their their hardest critics, their own hardest critics, and that that probably comes from that that perfectionism that's um, drilled into us sure, from sure. the time we're small children. Sure. Um, but d- should that should that stop us? No, absolutely not. It just shouldn't. Uh, they also said that, that the older women were, the more they were doubting their own performance meaning that the younger ones had more confidence. Nola, what do you think that means? Does it mean the, you know, with experience comes doubt or what? Well, I think that's that's a surprising statistic to me because I feel as I've gotten old, older and a lot of my colleagues, women colleagues, have be- gotten older and uh, risen up in different career paths. Uh, I think we have more confidence. And so that is surprising. But I would say that for the generations behind us, um, there's with Title IX. There's more women in sports, and I think that socialization of doing lots of sports at a younger age, um, more organized sports for women, g- gives a more sense of co- uh, more competitive nature and a sense of getting used to competition. So I think for those of us in in my generation, <laughs> I'm still very young, but you know, sure. um, but but I think that we we had less um, opportunities. There there was less emphasis on sports and less opportunities. What about technology? Do you think that's a factor? In uh, in job performance of, with older women, because confidence uh, in starting confidence, a business, yeah, and technology, because technology, because the young generation they've got it down with the computers yes. and the iPods and uh, mm-hmm. texting and all yeah. of that stuff. I I mean I'd say there's fewer women in, in science and technology and engineering in our in our era, and and that's changing with the younger generation, so possibly. Well, now. this additional part from uh, a new book called uh, Why Men Earn More, I, I think it was interesting, and it goes right to the heart of the entrepreneurial. Yes, you can, ladies. Uh, point. Um, a, a fellow named Warren Farrell wrote the book, Why Men Earn More, The Truth Behind the Pay Gap for Women. And he spent three years using U.S. labor statistics to prove that any company made up of women, he thought, this court statistics, that the, the company would spend 80 cents, if it was all women, for every dollar in a comparable male-staffed company. Because the theory was 80 to, 80 to 100. And he found that that 20-step gap is due uh, it wasn't true. It's really the, the gap is due to the choices and roles women are willing to accept. Things like odd hours, hazardous work, tedious work, stressful work, bigger risk, and physical requirements. Those things are the reason that t- things tend to pay better because less people are willing to do them. So, ladies, do you think that, of course, we all know as entrepreneurs, you're going to do all those things, right? So, how, how do you think that same tendency uh, in the workplace affects women who consider the entrepreneurial life, and how can they get beyond that? Any thoughts? 
Well, I think it, it could be a little bit different when it's your very own mm-hmm. versus oh, working sure. for someone else. Sure. And, and the, the long passion. hours and the crazy stuff that you have to do when it's your very own um, can make a difference. But, uh, you know, I think women in, in corporate roles, in on corporate boards, in government leadership, uh, we are still so very underrepresented. And is that really because women don't want to do those jobs right um i don't i don't know i'd argue that a a number of ways i think um i think sometimes maybe they don't want to they don't want to put themselves out there but uh, but i think also they're not they're not groomed and encouraged in the same way either and i think women make great business owners because they have a terrific sense of responsibility so they're used to running you know their household sometimes i mean not to i, I don't want to move into a stereotype but women do have a terrific sense of responsibility and they can they're they're great supervisors they're great managers and therefore they're really very very good entrepreneurs because they can manage things from a to z and they're usually willing to take that on when given the opportunity so i think part of that i mean i would wonder whether part of that study is due to the perception from women in the workplace, are they given enough responsibility to take on big projects and and take responsibility and run with things? I would submit something. I don't know if I'm right, but I would submit that if they take the object of their attention to heart, women are extremely effective because, you know, women I work with, even my spouse, you know, when she takes it to heart, it gets done and it gets a lot of care. But perhaps in the workplace, when it's not her own business, perhaps it's not the same. It's somewhat detached. And I would also add, too, that sometimes women are in the workplace because they have other r- demands, um, responsibilities, and family and such. So, mm-hmm. you know, they sometimes they purposely limit their um, resp- you know, responsibilities right. because... Right, right. You so. just you're making me uh, you're making me uh, smile here because I got this uh, email question uh, from a, a listener named Amy, and uh, she says for you too. She says, "Ask these ladies to fill in the blank. Behind every successful female entrepreneur, there is a blank. A mentor. Good answer. Great. And and okay. that that's certainly been really critical in my own career. Sure. E- though my mentors have been men because there haven't been any women for me to specifically in my in my mm-hmm. career path sure. although certainly I have a lot of women mentors mm-hmm. and women that I respect very much but in publishing mm-hmm. my mentors have been men Nola how would you fill that blank in well that's a pretty good answer I think for Mary um, and I, I I guess I would say the same thing, but uh, I'd say a mentor and a friend, because I think lots of times women turn to friends who are in similar situations, and that's how they um, ga- gain their confidence and they help make you some know, good decisions. You know, I just my observation, but that's a good point you make. I see when men start a business, I see them partner with their spouse, but when I see women start a business, I see them partner with a friend. For some reason, that's just my exposure, but I think that's the way things happen. Now, the fun part of this question is, she followed up with this behind every successful female entrepreneur, there's a blank. She says, ask them how they keep that blank from being filled in the fo- with the following answers. Unfulfilled children, bitter husband, messy house, abnormal lifestyle, guilt-stricken mom and wife. <laughs> okay, well, some of those are imp- impossible to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> Impossible. Yeah, I I can relate both as a um, as a uh, as I share a household with somebody who's asked to do a lot of different things. Uh, but but when you're in business, you're all in, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and there is, 
you know, this may be an unpopular answer, but I don't think there is a balance. And I, I know that from firsthand knowledge from knowing very, very successful entrepreneurs, you know, you, you can aim for balance, but it's hard to, to get it. But the rewards are what um, what make it all worthwhile. The rewards of women entre- of, for women entrepreneurs make it worthwhile. I think that's a great message you're, you're, you're pointing out that, you know, the balance isn't necessarily going to happen in this moment. You take the leap and you work the entrepreneurial path, but the balance and rewards even out and come later. Because if you're good at what you do, the rewards and the time and the flexibility you have with your family and the financial rewards, they all come so that, you know, you're, you're, you're investing now for a later return, right? Well, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, let's keep going with uh, – well, actually, we're going to take a break pretty soon. Yeah, you're listening to uh, Good Topics on Women and Successful Entrepreneurism and uh, with our guests Mary and Noah and uh, Gary. That's, uh, that's good content. Um, even as a guy, I'm learning a lot here. I have a really <laughs> new appreciation for women in business. I want to remind you about Mike's website, MikeWhitaker.com, where you can uh, certainly learn a lot more about Mike and uh, this radio show and uh, Mike's uh, interest in you as a business person. We have uh, in studio with us uh, Mary Malone, president and publisher of the Journal Record, and Nola Miyasaki, and she is uh, chair and director of the Riata Center for Entrepreneurs uh, for Entrepreneurship at the University uh, State of uh, of Oklahoma State. I can't even get it out there. OSU. Back in 60 seconds. Yoo-hoo! Iris here, your IRS problem solver. With a question about your taxes, how low can you go? The more deductions and tax credits you have, the better for you, right? But how do you know if you're taking all the legitimate ones you can? Go to irs.gov for all the information you need to see how low you can go. Hey, we are not talking the limbo here, people. irs.gov. See how we can help you. Not every business or entrepreneur knows what to do next. Many business strategies are old and effective and cannot raise investment dollars. If your department or company wants to find strategic advantages that you can use to leap forward, the team at Idea Gateway is available. Idea Gateway specializes in fixing business models and building growth strategies, and they don't waste your time or theirs. Simple results with Idea Gateway. Call 918-528-3800 or visit ideagateway.com. Gary Owen with Mike Whitaker and his radio show In Business with Mike Whitaker. And I want to tell you that uh, if you are just now grasping this program, you can go online and check out uh, previous radio shows, which are a wealth of information. If you have a question for the radio show, uh, by golly, you can uh, call or email Mike. What's next week's topic? How about that phone number? 877-843-4110. That's one 877 the 4110, and you can record your question. Yeah, we'd like to have user questions uh, anytime we can get them because we'll, make, we'll get on the air, and uh, we get great questions. So 877-843-4110. Uh, talking about women and business and entrepreneurism this week, first of all, next week's topic is a great one. It's going to be worth, depending on what you're doing in life and business, from, from hundreds of thousands of dollars to millions worth, if you think about what is your business worth, how does how the little things add up 
determine big dollars in your future business career. Uh, I have a guest, Burke Castillo from Envision Capital Partners, and he is coming in from Chicago, and we are talking about Ooh. the value he, he sees when he walks through a business to buy it. All the little things you probably overlook and probably some of the things you're probably giving too much consideration. So you're going to learn a lot no matter where you are in a business. Someday you're going to want a cash event from your hard work in life. You need to understand how you get there. So that's going to be a great topic. So ladies, we're talking about, actually in the break, we're talking about balance. And uh, uh, women are pulled a lot of different directions. You know, I, my, my, my spouse, my wife, and, and business partner, she's my original partner, and we, we started raising a family together. And at some point there were two kids in a playpen in the business and she and I slugging it away. And finally I looked at her one day and I said, honey, this isn't going to work. <laughs> and because everything was being asked to be done by all, you know, and there was too many, too many things to serve. And in the end we all have these roles as a, as a business person and a spouse and a mom or a dad and, and such. And, and so, um, how do you comment about business? Is that possible? What do you think, Nola? Well, I know that balance is a really important topic for women. And um, I think for women entrepreneurs, uh, I'll use an example. Um, a longtime friend and colleague um, is a very, very successful entrepreneur, and she, and she came to one of our entrepreneur symposiums a few years ago, got up in front of the audience and said, let me just tell you, there is no balance. Forget it. And that means, but the rewards of entrepreneurship are phenomenal. And so at the end of the road, um, you know, you may not have complete balance. You'll strive for balance, and that's fine. You need to do that, and we all need to do that. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, to, to achieve perfect balance and to, to be a successful entrepreneur is really tough when you're in the in, in the midst of growing a business. So, Mary, how do you achieve balance you personally? You, you have to give us a sense of, um, you know, how you, how you tend to do that. Yeah, because well, you travel quite a bit. I travel, and I work long hours, and I, I would say that it depends on what day it is. You know, some days mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've got this whipped and it was a good day. Mm-hmm. Uh, other days, it's it's pandemonium. I figured out early on there certain things I would not sacrifice, and, and first one being my family. Um, I've got a really supportive, wonderful husband and, and a daughter who has has seen me do what I do and is, and is a really strong one, young woman because of it. I, I wouldn't sacrifice them for anything, although have I suffered guilt and things that I've had to miss? Absolutely. They understand me. I understand them. Um, the rest of it is just, it's just a juggling act. And what about recognizing your limitations? I mean, you just can't sometimes do it all. And as I know, a lot of women try to do it all because they want to be a good homemaker and a wife and a mother. And yet still, they also got that balance where, boy, they're achieving for the top. I mean, I think that's probably. Well, there there are a lot of things about being a homemaker that um, get left behind at Mm -hmm. my house. And I get help when I can get help. And then I'm just try not to be so hard on myself. Exactly. And and, um, time with my family is a lot more important than dinner on the table. We had a helpful rule in our house as the business started to grow and got more successful, we would increment or increase how much we outsourced whether it be cleaning or, or cooking right. or whatever because the goal is to make it easier on us. The business is the fruit of the business labor should come in forms of our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So we right. really, you know, appreciated that, right. you know. I, I also think setting priorities is really um key because I think in in my own mind, if I know what my priorities and I can't are and I can't get to some of the lower ones, it's okay. And it makes it okay. 
yeah, I know as a, I know as a, a spouse, and I'm, I'll speak for the males again. I, I take my spouse for granted, and in all the roles I ask her to do, and I tend to only notice when something doesn't get done, you know, in that balance equation, and that's not well, you fair need to at stop all. That. Abs- well, <laughs> believe me, she'll tell me, she'll point it out, but uh, but in those roles we have, and as we transition, you know, entrepreneurism is such a wonderful thing, and I want to encourage our. Uh, encourage you listening that there's a show on my website mikewhitaker.com that talks about should you go into business for yourself and in there it, it it's the whole show is about the considerations that you can think about and in this economic time a lot of families are looking for additional income and i think there's women out there have ideas things they can do and i recommended in that show that i don't think it's an elective anymore i think people need a little something coming from their own endeavors because otherwise they're very reliant upon you know a someone else, an employer for their destiny. And it's amazing what an additional few hundred dollars or more a month will do to a family's lifestyle. You're talking Absolutely. about, you know, aren't you talking about additional night out, date night, an event, a, 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 a cleaning lady, a cleaning lady, yeah. uh, vacation, a cruise, you know, a lot of pride. There's a lot of pride in that. And so um, I don't think it's optional. I encourage you uh, listening to uh, think about checking out that show because you combine that show with what we're talking about here you'll start to form that, hey, I, there is something I can do, and it feels so good doing it. And you don't have to start full full tilt, all out, big money spent. You can start dabbling and, and practicing. I told in that show, practice being an entrepreneur. Use some of your skills and think about what you know and how you can start serving others with that to the passion point you exactly. had. Exactly. And, and, and um, I'll just throw this in. I mean, where you see a need everyone has an expertise they all they're mm-hmm. everyone is good at something and if you see a need just exactly as what you said mike that's where not only you can fill a gap and provide a service or provide a product but it really makes a contribution to the rest of the people around you around to society i'll tell you something i really respect about women in business or the potential for them to be in business is their availability to network networking among women is 10 times more effective than men men don't talk i don't know what we talk about gary but men don't talk but women know the best of this, the best of that, and it's like it's like it echoes in the entire neighborhood, doesn't it? I mean, they'll well, tell each other. They'll tell each other, but that starts from a curiosity and the ability to ask questions. They're that not is that's to ask. the key yeah. sure. to networking. Get people to talk about themselves. Yeah. So and you learn so much. So I think that's why I see a lot of uh, and, and multi-level marketing opportunities hit. Uh, hit hit the neighborhoods and you know uh, my wife actually brought this one up she said what about the multi-level opportunities how how real is that is that entrepreneurism what do you ladies think about that in terms of if we're going to try to do something part-time we're going to try to get something going are multi-level opportunities a way to check that out what do you think you ever see, you know what I'm talking about? That from the, well, it's no question because it's sales related. Well, it is sales related, and they tend to make it easy to do, and it capitalizes on your network, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's an option. It's a very good option for women um, in, you know, that have families and, and, and um, have to have more flexibility. And I think as long as people realize that it's not going to be, a, it, you know. Not forever. You, it, well, if you do it in a certain way, it's not scalable. If you really mm-hmm. go all out, I mean, obviously Amway is, you know, the direct marketing, sure. one of the biggest examples. And some people at Amway have made really a fortune from from being in the Amway business. But in general, if you do, d- depending on how much you put into it and how how much how many hours you do a home-based mm-hmm. ba- business or a, right. uh, that kind of a business, you're, you're, you know, 
it does limit in some way what you can make from I think it it's good practice. I think people learn the ropes about yeah. how to leverage who they know and how exactly. to approach people. I'll tell you, when people approach me and say, Mike, would you like to be part of or get involved with this program, whatever the latest product is, I smile at them and I say, if I love your product, I would venture forth. And I would tell that to anybody who was going to start their own entrepreneurial effort. Because I think even multi-level marketing products, if you love the product, that is entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. If you don't love sure. the product, at the worst of times, it's going to fizzle away. That's right. You know, you, and, and something has to get you up, that passion we talked about, yeah. that excitement. I mean, what's really sort of interesting, too, is um, a couple of years ago, we had Anita Roddick, who, who was the founder of The Body Shop. And before she passed away, she came to New York and gave a terrific um, n- keynote to women entrepreneurs. And she said... That she really believes for a, a lot of women that have a lot of responsibilities, the body shop home home network is the way to go. And, and as you, some of you may have seen, the body shop is transitioning into this home based business, um, and and so there's a lot of opportunities at, at, on mm-hmm. whatever level to be an entrepreneur. There's a lot of merit for using the low overhead of a home based mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. to get started, get your feet and, wet. But I would also say that if you, if you know, in the same vein, if you there are products that you can think of. You know, sometimes you can take, that's how you can take off on your own business with your own idea is, it, you know, uh, uh, basically I, thinking of ideas that can work. I have a friend who started out with uh, a cosmetic line and then she developed her own formulation and now has created a brand new product line because she learned the ropes. Exactly. And now it's hers. It's exactly. her deal. It could be a base and a Absolutely. launching po- point. We only have a short time for this, but uh, when we talk about all this, a big question is money. You know, Mary, how, what do you think? How do you think the bankers of the world and the investors of the world view uh, an opportunity that is led by a woman? Is there anything in particular you think that that – because that's kind of an old guard. I don't want to label them all, but, I mean, it's pretty traditional. Any thoughts you have about how they might – what we have to do to make sure we get an even – Well, if they're, if they're giving men higher consideration, shame on them. Sure. But I but I would contend that women are for the most part are gonna go in very, very well prepared. And if mm-hmm. and if you're very well prepared with your business plan and your idea and your concept and you believe in it and you have confidence in it, mm-hmm. there there is no reason that you'd be treated any Absolutely. differently. Absolutely. I agree. I'll add to that. It's no different than when I uh, recently I was interviewing uh for a management position we were filling and uh and or if it was a I was a banker and people were asking for uh in money, capital. I would tell you, you got to be over the top in an interview. What about you is the confidence coming from? I, you're really what you're selling is confidence, and that's one of my taglines: is what you're really selling is confidence. So, how are you going to get me confident? If you want me to invest money in your business, or you want to borrow money for the business, you've got to sell me on the merits. And it doesn't matter, male or female, the merits are the merits, and you have to leave Absolutely. me excited. Feeling like, gosh, if you don't do it with me, you're going to do it with somebody else, and it's going to be a good deal for somebody else if I don't take advantage right now. And so, ladies, uh, no matter what, you have to be over the top and bring that confidence to the table. And I know that I know you'll be prepared. I know you'll be thorough, and you'll be very concerned about how it goes off. But just remember, we remember just very few things. And we remember, was that person impressionable? Were they confident? Was the idea a good one? Do they look like they're buttoned down and ready to go? And do they have a network of talent they can link into this effort and make it a success? That's what stays at the end of the day. Gary, any thoughts on that? 
Uh, no, but I tell you what I do want to do, because we're running real short on the clock, I want to give the ladies an opportunity to talk about the events. First of all, the General Record, great newspaper, whether you're in business or thinking about business or like business, it's a business great source. publication. I in would Oklahoma say it's City a must-read. It is a must-read. And uh, you can find out more. If you don't subscribe, you can just go to uh, journalrecord.com and find out about that. And you've got an event coming up in October? October 1st is our Women of the Year event. We are speaker this year. Let me mention this real quickly. Immaculate Ilabigiza. She is a survivor of the genocide in Rwanda. Talk about a woman who has wow. come from wow. near-death experience and has built a business and a brand for herself. And Nola, yours is, uh, starts October 10th, yep. six sessions, Entrepreneur yep. Boot Camp. It's a Cadillac program for entrepreneurs, and we welcome everybody. Just give us a call, um, 405-744-7552, or go to our website. Sounds great. We are all out of time. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of In Business with Mike Whitaker. This is Mike Whitaker, the Defender-in-Chief of the American Entrepreneur. Now go have a great week.